Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey girl, it's me. You're listening to episode number 72, The Importance of Good Sleep and Getting Kids to Sleep Well. In this episode, I get to interview Tegan Kreider. Tegan lives in Windsor, Colorado, but is a Kansas girl at heart. She attended Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, and continued her education at Colorado State University, where she completed a degree in social work. After completing her bachelor's degree, Tegan began a 10-year career as a probation officer. Tegan has a passion for helping others and public speaking. She decided to become a stay-at-home mother with the birth of her daughter, Charlotte. One sleepless night, she was searching for help and discovered the Sleep Sense program. The program helped her family find sleep. Her son, Harrison, also benefited later down the road. Once Tegan discovered that Sleep Sense was looking for consultants, she knew this is what she needed to be doing. Not only could she help other sleepless families, but she could share something she believed in and continue to follow her passion for helping others. Tegan is now a certified infant and child sleep coach. She gives families the gift of sleep one night at a time. Her kids are now six and three, and she enjoys sharing her love of sleep with other families and supporting them to reach their goals. Now, if you're a mama, you know how hard it can be to get your kids to sleep well. I have constantly struggled with my children and sleep. (laughs) So this is a great episode with lots of tips to help you get good sleep and to teach you how it benefits everyone in the family. So here we go. Let's dive in. Here is my interview with Tegan. Welcome to this episode of the WE podcast. I'm very excited. My guest today is Tegan Kreider, and we are going to dive into one of the hardest things for parents, which is sleep. Thank you, Tegan, for being here. Thanks for being my guest. I'm really excited to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So before we dive into what you're doing now, because I think it's super important and I think it's super helpful for lots of parents, I'd like to kind of get to know you first. We know each other 
a little bit. I mean, you are a contributing writer for the We Spot, which is amazing. I always love your articles and the information that you put out there. I don't know. That's a good question. Just, I would say social media would be how we met. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know a ton of your backstory, so I'm excited to get to know more of it. Have you always lived here? Are you from here? I'm originally from Kansas. I grew up in Western Kansas and then last when I went to college. Okay. So did you go to CSU then? I finished at CSU. I went to a few colleges before I finally finished at CSU and decided that's where I wanted to stay. Mm -hmm. Cool. I majored in social work. Cool. Did you work in social work at all? I would say yes. I worked criminal justice. I was a probation officer for the state of Colorado for about 10 years before my daughter was born. But it's definitely my calling to stay home with my kiddos and be with them. But it's definitely my calling to stay home with my kiddos. And I know that can be difficult. Having a career first and then because the career, I loved it. I probably would have retired there. You know, once I had my kids, I just, I really struggled. It was a pull, you know, kind of back and forth, but I knew I needed to just stay home. I wouldn't have been um, very effective at work. I would say the first year after I started staying home was, it was a real struggle. There might've been a little bit of, you know, depression in there. I didn't do a whole lot. You know, my house suffered, like everything. It was a big identity thing for me Mm -hmm. to figure out who I was outside of my career and, you know, what that looked like. What was I supposed to do during the day? You know, I took care of my child, but what else was I supposed to do? And, Mm. you know, it just, it took a while. It sounds like you're probably a pretty driven person. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think when you're really driven too, it's like, um, I need more. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So how did that evolve for you? I thought of it more like, this is my job now. How do I create my own schedule? Like, how do I get up and do things every day? And when it was just my daughter and I, we did a lot of, we went to the library and we got out and we did things and I made friends. I didn't have friends outside of work. So I made friends. And some of the friends that I have now are some of my best friends. And I met those at the library with their children and our children are best friends. And so it was a lot of work. And just knowing that I need to like get out of my funk, I need to figure out, you know, where I fit in this mom world. Um, our friends joke about, you know, like, like mom dating, <laughs> like, mm. do I ask for her number? Do I not ask for her number? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, is it appropriate? Are we to that stage yet? So there was a lot of that. And I think getting those friends also helped feeling better about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes such a huge difference when you have other moms and that connection and support mm-hmm. huge absolutely how long have you been married it has been 10 years almost 11 okay yeah, yeah. nice yeah I had to think about it <laughs> <laughs> so do you mean college we met outside of college we were both work we were done both done with college and we just met through mutual friends yeah so you have two kids correct yeah and which I know you have a son and a daughter, right? Yeah, my daughter's the oldest. She's six. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah, my son will be four um, in May. Okay. All right. 
So your daughter kind of put you on this traje- trajectory too of what you're doing now. So can you tell us about that? Like it was eight months old, right? When you were having yeah. some issues with her sleeping? Yeah, we actually, I would have to say we started off really lucky because she slept really well. 10 weeks until that eight month period. And then I really don't know what wrong. I, when I think back, I'm like, oh, I remember all the things we were doing wrong now that I do what I do. Because she was so dependent on us every time she woke up and she was just dependent on so many things. And so, yeah, at that eight month mark, you know, she started waking up multiple times a night. I was exhausted. I started researching and then I found um, Dana Obelman. She's very well known in the sleep world. She created Sleep Sense. She's helped families all over the world. She has consultants all over the world. And so, my husband and I, we we tackled it about, took about a week and she was sleeping through the night again. And she has ever since. Mm. So you did the program and it worked. And so then you decided, okay, I'm going to do this. So I used the program with my daughter. I also used it with my son. With my son, I was able to implement a lot of the things from the very beginning with him. So he was always a good sleeper because I helped him develop those healthy sleep habits from the very beginning mm-hmm. so when he was big enough and I was ready we we cut our night feeds um, and it was so easy because he had those independent sleep skills it wasn't a big deal because he he was a, he was a very big baby so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. You, you don't need to feed anymore I don't I don't need to do this multiple <laughs> times a night. and so it was a very easy transition because he already had those independent sleep skills and so I did, I used it with him and then I had helped some friends and family along the way. And it wasn't until 2018 that I decided to actually go get a certification for uh, sleep training. I was getting to a point where I needed something for me again. My kids were, you know, my daughter was in school. My son was almost going to be in school. Um, he just started preschool this year. My daughter's in kindergarten. So I needed something for me, something that I was passionate about, something that I loved doing that I could still help people. That's a lot of, you know, what I did in the past. And so I went and got my certification back in October of 2018. And, and here I am. Nice. That's awesome. I have two children who have always been terrible sleepers. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know what that says about me, but (laughs) definitely my son is a better sleeper than my daughter was still, he's actually doing better now. We're doing rewards for him staying in his bed all night Great, because he's old enough. So I think pretty soon he gets Build-A-Bear because he's been staying in there. Yay, that's exciting. I know, but it's hard. It's really hard when they're not sleeping and they want to be with you. And my thing has always been guilt. Like if they want to be with me, I shouldn't deny them. You know what I mean? So what are your thoughts about that? (laughs) I always tell parents too, it's okay to be selfish for you to want or need your own sleep. And I get that a lot with a lot of parents. They do, they, they do get that guilt. I'd say even more with some of my toddler parents, you know, that they're like, just let them come in. Well, you know, 
I feel that, you know, he needs me, which, you know, he may, um, mm-hmm. but also everyone's exhausted. And so it's just coming down to like, if it no longer works for you, then let's fix it. Mm-hmm. But if you're still okay with it and, you know, you're not at a point where, you know, I'm ready to make that change, then let's don't mm-hmm. either. That's a great you know? point. So I have that conversation with parents. Are you ready? Is it something that you're like, like, I can't do it anymore? Like, no, we're done. Or mm-hmm. is it like, well, you know, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. I'm like, okay, then let's have a discussion at a later point because mm. you're not quite ready to do this. Yeah. You know, cause if you're not ready to do it, it's usually it'll either take longer or it's not as successful. Because yeah. One parent or the other potentially is not as invested in the change that mm-hmm. they want to make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people are okay with having a family bed essentially Absolutely. if it works for you it works I love that perspective like if it's not working then let's intervene and let's change mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. yeah you just recently wrote an article for the we spot that was published I think just a couple of days ago uh, about how children not sleeping affects your sex life mm-hmm. with your spouse which right. I really love that article absolutely so let's talk about that <laughs> right yeah I mean it, well if you think about it and I can think back for some reason my husband remembers more than I do about you know how tired we were like I remember it but it doesn't like sink in as much as it does for him mm-hmm. for whatever reason and you just get grump at each other and you don't want to be around each other. And then, or mom says, mom stays at home and she's exhausted all day, you know, and dad goes to work. And sometimes some dads just don't wake up to the kids. So mom does the majority of it, right? So you, potentially you have one spouse that's sleeping better than the other. Husband comes home and he's like, hey, you know, wants to have some time with his wife. And, you know, mom's most likely going to say, you know what, don't touch me. I've, I'm exhausted. I've had children climbing on me all day. Like I don't, you know, I just want to go to bed. I think some do, some don't. I've had some families that will say like my husband and I have absolutely no relationship because husband sleeps in another room Mm, because he has to get up and he has to go to work and, you know, or they joke around that they're just roommates. Yeah. Sometimes I don't think they realize it's full effect that it can have on the relationship. Baby wise. Have you heard of baby wise? Baby wise. You're probably thinking of Ferber. Ferber was a big, are you talking, Baby Wise is a very popular book about just getting a schedule, getting, getting them in a really solid routine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a feeding routine, sleeping routine, and following like an eat, play, sleep um, routine during the day. Right. It's the Baby Wise book, yeah. Yeah. But Baby Wise was super popular for a while. I think when my daughter was younger and very much encourages the cry it out. So you put them in a room and they cry forever. Like I remember my friend doing it with her daughter and it being terrible because her daughter would literally scream her head off for like an hour and a half and they would barely respond to her. Right. As a therapist, I'm like, that is not good for their attachment. Right. Uh, It like makes me cringe so bad. So you talk about with your method that they definitely cry, but they're not, it's not like that extreme cry it out. No, no. And it's not. So the way I, you know, explain it to parents is in a sleep is, is a skill. 
that can be learned. And so it's, we're teaching them a skill and we're gonna help them with this skill. And yes, they're gonna get upset. And it's more because they're just frustrated. And it's also, I talk with parents about learning their child's cry and what does it mean? You know, they have different cries that they sound differently for when they're hungry, for when they're tired, or when they're just angry, you know, they're, you know, overstimulated or they're frustrated because they're trying developmentally, they're like trying to learn something new and they're trying so hard and they can't do it. So they have a meltdown. So everything has its own different sound. Um, and also, you know, crying is your baby's voice. That's how they express to you what they want or what they need. And so when I work with parents, it is a supported, a parent supported method. And I work with parents for three weeks. And so we have lots of time to work and to um, work with consistency and helping them develop those independent skills. So do you actually go to their house? I go, if they're local, I do an in-home consultation. So the first initial consultation where I go over their custom sleep plan, I will do in-home and that's like Northern Colorado. So Windsor, Loveland, Fort Collins, mm -hmm. Greeley. Um, if they are in another state, I've had a couple of consultations in other countries. Mm. We do it all via Zoom, so all video. No, I think I was just going to, I think that was it. Sorry. Yeah. So it's Zoom. So do you watch them? Like what's happening? No, what we do is I, so I go through the steps as to certain things we can do, um, where they're trying to fall asleep, but also paying attention to if we do this, what is their response? Because either they may, like, you can pick them up and like set them back down, you know, pick them up to calm them down. And then once they're calm, let's lay them back down. But mm. also if you pick them up and they get more angry, that's them saying, don't do that. Mm. You know, I'd rather just be left alone for, you know, me to figure this out. And so I go by, um, I give them some step-by-step -step through night one and you know, I said, really pay attention to what your child's telling you. Um, these are some scenarios and things of how they can respond. This is what I would like you to do. And then we have follow-up phone calls. So the next morning after night one, we have a phone call. Um, hmm. And parents also fill out a sleep log for me that's um, on Google Docs, which is great. So it's just, it's live, it's there. And so then it's very detailed. What time did you put them in bed? How long did it take them to fall asleep? And what did you do and how did they respond? So that way I get the full picture of what's going on. And I can also leave notes and be like, you know what? That was great. You know what she did? You know, she only slept for 10 minutes when she woke up at two in the morning. That's awesome. Like that really, that's great. You know, so parents get the coaching, they get the encouragement through the process, which I think for a lot of them, that's more of what they need is to know that they're doing something right. And like, this is how this is supposed to go. And it's, and it is getting better and this, you know, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be awesome, you know, yeah. here in a few days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that support is huge, huge, huge. And yeah, and to know, I think so often as parents, it's like, am I doing this right? Is this, I don't know. <laughs> right. No, we don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're not sent home with the manual that everybody talks about, you know, like this is the way you do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And a lot of families that come to me are, to be honest, they're first time parents. I would say more often than not, are first time parents, or 
baby number one was a terrible sleeper and they don't want that for baby number two. Mm -hmm. So we, we start out even from day one and as baby develops, this is a skill that we work on and we start implementing new skills each week as they developmentally, you know, are growing. And so a lot of kiddos by 12 weeks, you know, they're big enough, they're eating well. Some kids start sleeping through the night. So yeah, some families choose to start at the very beginning Mm -hmm. with some of those skills. So it doesn't end up later on, six, eight, 10 months. It's, it's unbearable at that point. Or eight. Or eight, or eight. (laughs) (laughs) But you're doing great. Rewards work great. for that age I mean use it you take what they want what they love and use it to your advantage mm-hmm. oh yeah I I say I'm all about bribery mm-hmm. like it's and it's not really bribery it's asking them to create a new behavior to create it absolutely so yeah I love I love rewards my kids are very reward motivated and some kids aren't but most kids are yeah at some point there's something that they want you just have to figure out what it is right yeah yes and for my son build a bear was enough for him to stay (laughs) in his bed (laughs) yeah yeah but I wish I would have known you back then (laughs) I hear that a lot I do yeah yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, because, well, he just recently went through a period where literally every night he was getting up and coming in our room, and he's eight, and we have a queen-size bed, so it's not happening. Right, I know, absolutely not. <laughs> so he's kicking you and pulling my hair literally one night. It's not pretty mm. at all, but... It's interesting though, too, and I want to know what you think about this because it seems like, and I've heard or read like that they go through different phases of sleep. Like I remember something about five months old where they say like everything changes. Seems like that continues to happen as they get older. I would say no, there is a four month. So there's definitely the only true like scientifically proven sleep regression is at four months. Okay. And so that's when they start developing. They go from two sleep cycles to four. So they have, they go from their two sleep cycles to four sleep cycles, which is what an adult has. Mm. So if they don't know how to put themselves back to sleep, it's going to cause them to wake up more frequently. So if they depend on a bottle or being breastfed or the rocking and the bouncing. If they depend on any of that, they're going to wake multiple times a night looking for that. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to go back to sleep. There are definitely developmental delays as children grow that can cause a sleep disruption, but it's short-lived. It's like a one to two week window as Mm -hmm. they're developing a new skill. And I think that definitely happens with older kiddos, whether it's or it happens around the holidays or just something throws them out of whack. And so then they start to, for whatever reason, they start waking up more and it just causes a disruption mm-hmm. um, because something was out of the norm for a short period of time. So yeah, definitely when they're learning new skills, you know, a lot of parents notice a quote unquote like sleep progression at 18 months. Kids are starting to talk a lot. 
you know, they're walk, they're full-blown walking. A lot of kids walk early. Some kids don't walk till later, you know, 15, 18 months. There's just a ton mm. of, you know, development going on there cognitively. So you can definitely see that a lot of times around that age that can be very disruptive. But like I said, if, if your child has independent sleep skills, it should be short-lived. You should be able to get them back on track and they should be able to get back on track when they're sleeping once, once they've, you know, gone through that big leap. Mm-hmm. What do you think about like things to help your child sleep, like music or white noise or things like that? Like some people like, I've heard say that's like a crutch. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. I, it's definitely beneficial if parents use you know white noise or sound machine. I think like, we continue to use it. I one of my children uses it, one of them doesn't. The main reason for it is it blocks out external noises. So if you have a trash truck that comes through every morning at 5 a.m., you really don't want your, you know, your child being waking up by that, woken up by that every day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times 5 a.m. is close enough. Like 5 a.m. is they're like in the middle of their last sleep cycle or starting their last sleep cycle. And it's a very light sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. So if they're in that, they're most likely not going to go back to sleep because it's such a light sleep cycle or it's their last one of the night. And so it's going to be a real struggle for them Mm -hmm. to try and Mm -hmm. go back to sleep potentially, or just noises around the house. If you have um, a bunch of, you know, a little one that has older siblings that are staying up later and just the noise, it just helps keep a constant environment for them to just be able to sleep without having constant disruptions potentially like the high winds that came through the other night, you know, or, just you know shaking houses and yeah um, so yeah my my youngest still uses a sound machine my oldest she said mom I'm too big for that I don't need it anymore so, <laughs> so, yeah. like, all right it doesn't work yeah, for and, you and that was when she was five so I said okay that's awesome yeah I yeah. still sleep with a fan I have to absolutely and you know mm-hmm. adults are just like you know children we all have our own way of getting ready for bed and our own way of going to sleep so mm-hmm with kids, it's figuring out or teaching them, you know, a healthy way or healthy habit of sleeping um, and what works for them. Right. And the, the reality is, is a lot of adults don't have a healthy way. They don't. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe that's a good tip to give. Like what is a good way to wind down and prepare for sleep? For kiddos? For everyone in general, in general, I, <laughs> I would say like, you know, I, I am not adult trained certified, but I would say across the board, even for kids, we call it a power down hour. So the hour before bedtime, you, you don't have your bright lights on, you have your lamp on in your house. You're, you're setting the mood essentially what mm-hmm. you're doing. You're setting the mood for sleep. Um, a lot of younger kids get so wound up after dinner and I have to really rein in my kids because it's an extra burst of energy and, and then they don't, then they don't wind down well. Cause they're getting on the verge of the, okay, it's ready for bed, but any longer I'm going to get overtired and then I'm going to get an extra boost, right? I'm going to get that mm. second one. So just, you know, being calm and quiet, no, you know, crazy chasing throughout the house. Just let's have, let's play a game. Let's play a quiet game or let's read another book or whatever it may be. Just setting the mood, you know, for sleep. Mm-hmm. 
and no screens, especially for kids, at least an hour before bedtime, if not more, because mm-hmm. blue, the blue light from the screen um, will can help will will block um, melatonin production, which is our precursor to sleep. Mm, yes, so, and even as adults, some adults, and I, I myself, I can watch a show and fall asleep just fine. Other people can't. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely is a disruptor. Screens are a huge sleep issue amongst kids and adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can look at my phone and fall asleep two seconds later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and some people can't. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I hear a lot of people who that's not possible. So you just said something that made me want to ask you your opinion. So there's, it seems to be this trend that's ha- occurring among parents who are giving their kids melatonin supplements to sleep. And so I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Um, I say don't do it and you don't need it. Um, The reason being melatonin helps you fall asleep. It doesn't help you stay asleep. Mm. Taking actually taking the supplement. It doesn't help you stay asleep throughout the night. It helps you fall asleep initially. Melatonin is a buildup throughout the day. So what really helps melatonin production, get outside, get some sunshine. It creates serotonin. Serotonin is your precursor to your melatonin at night. And so if you want to build up with that, go get some sunshine. You know, mm-hmm. especially early in the morning is the best time to get it. Yes, initially it may help them fall asleep, but it won't necessarily help them stay asleep throughout the night. Mm-hmm. And when I first got the certification, I brought this up to my pediatrician. And because I wanted her opinion. I said, what is your, you know, as a physician, what is your yeah. opinion? He, as a physician, will not recommend mm-hmm. melatonin to parents. Um, I know yeah. some do, and they're like, sure, you know, because it is over the counter. You, anybody can buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I say we can, we can do it without it. Let's get the right skills. And a lot of times, kids don't have the appropriate bedtime, so that's why they're struggling to go to sleep. They're mm-hmm. either not tired enough or they're overtired. So there's definitely a sweet spot when it comes, yeah, to you know when they're ready for bed, and that's different from each child. So as a sleep consultant, I also have to try and figure out what their sleep spot is. You know, we have a general range of how long they should be awake before bedtime, but it's different for each child. Okay. So that's one thing we work on with parents is really adjusting this to their child and what, you know, works best for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard one too, knowing how much sleep they need at different ages and it's pretty cool to have a more black and white answer to that. Cause I think a lot of times as parents, we're just guessing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I didn't know. I didn't know until yeah. I, you know, um, went through the training and read the books and, mm-hmm. you know, did everything that exactly what every window was. I, I didn't know. Yeah. 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 I've looked up a few times, like how many hours a night should my child be sleeping at this age. Um, and it's usually way more than my children are actually sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, but back to the melatonin, I, I feel like what concerns me about that is developing a dependence at a really young age. I don't know right. if you can become dependent. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about it as a supplement. Mm-hmm. What 
I really don't know. It was the long-term effects of it. And I, to be honest, I really don't think they do know what the long-term long-term effects of it. It's becoming more widely popular now. So maybe in 10 years, we'll know exactly what the long-term effects are. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've done some research on it, but I don't know that I've ever found a definite answer on the long-term effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, this has all been super helpful. I would love to hear if you have top tips or obviously it's helpful for people to work with you one-on-one, but if somebody's listening and, and they are just looking for a couple of tips, what would you say are your most helpful tips for parents? I would, I would say finding out what the ideal like sleep window is for your child, how much time they can sustain um, in between like their last nap for those younger kiddos that are napping from last nap until bedtime and what that bedtime should be um, finding out what that should be. And then also implementing, you know, a really good bedtime routine, making sure it's consistent every single night. Um, And if you do want to implement any changes, like you want to take away that, we call it a sleep prop so what your child's dependent on to fall asleep if you're ready to take that away whether it's sometimes it's a pacifier or it is you know like I said the rocking or whatever if you're ready to take that away be consistent and don't expect it to change in two nights Um, Mm -hmm. and that the big long-term change is going to happen between probably seven and ten days where you're seeing a consistent um, seeing the consistent result that you are expecting and mm. just keep in mind that you'll have good days and you'll have bad days, but the consistency is the key to your success and making the change mm-hmm. and making the habit stick, just like it is for adults when we try to make a new habit that it's not going to happen in five days, potentially. Mm-hmm. You may have good days and bad days before it sticks. And it's the same for children. Yeah. Just make sure that once you have a game plan, you're ready to commit that you commit and you stick to it. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Cause a lot of times we say, I did this for two days. It didn't work. I'm giving up. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to go longer than that. Mm-hmm. Seven to 10 days. It's good to know. And it's probably, that's why it's so helpful for you to work with people is to continue to encourage them to keep going with that yeah. after the second day. <laughs> yes. I've, no, yeah. I've had some parents, you know, and I, I see it in testimonials. I wanted to quit after night three. I didn't know if I could do it, but I'm your, I'm their cheerleader. I'm your cheerleader. I'm your coach. I'm like, let's do this. You know, with just think of the reward and, and they're mm-hmm. so glad they did, you know, in the end that they stuck with it. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So I'm going to move us into my questions that I have. Um, and let's see here. So I would love to know, um, what do you feel in your, your journey along the way? And I know we've talked a lot about sleep, not a ton about your story, but overall for you, what, what has been the most vital, uh, to your growth? Um, I would say my support system, um, mm. my husband. He's extremely supportive in what I do. He believes in what I do. He's seen the success that we've had as a family with both of our children. Um, 
and he knows I love to help people. And so um, I would say he's definitely my driving factor. He's he's a very hardworking person. So the days that I'm working from home and I don't really feel like working and he or I'm having a rough day, he works from home also the majority of the time. And so we sit down together and we work together. So mm-hmm. he definitely helps keep my motivation up. Yeah, that's awesome. And also, I think we've mentioned too your the girlfriend's connection and how that was so vital, and having you as a support for parents. Um, I think those also really play into that support system and and the importance of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what does your husband do? Um, he is um, he works for a sunflower oil company, so he is their their product development, their, he does their marketing, their sales. He does a little oh, bit nice. for them. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome that you guys can work together and lean on each other when you need right. the yeah. motivation. <laughs> it is nice. It helps a lot. Yeah, that's good. All right. So the second question is, is uh, walking away from this episode, if uh anybody will remember one thing, what do you want to make sure that people know? That you do not have to live sleep deprived. It's not Mm -hmm. a, it's not a necessity. It's not just part of life and parenting that we, we can still be a successful parent and successful family and sleep well all at the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So how can people connect with you? So they can find me on Facebook or Instagram under Dream Dream Maven under Instagram. No, excuse me. Under Facebook is Dream Maven. Instagram, I had to change it up to somebody else at it. So it's Your Dream Maven. And then my website is YourDreamMaven.com. Awesome. And they can book a phone call with me, a discovery call through um my website or they can email me directly through there as well. Okay. So just give us a quick overview of what the process looks like. So you do the discovery call and then you do the consultation, I think you said. Right. So we do the discovery call. Well, in the discovery call, we decide like, is this what you want to do? We discuss what sleep issues you're having, how I can support you, my different sleep packages that I offer. Um, And then a lot of times, it's usually a phone call with mom, usually, and then, you know, they want to go talk to their spouse or significant other, and then they usually get back to me, but that's, you know, we talk about, you know, is this the right fit for you? Are you ready? Great, and then we, then I give them the information I need for them to give back to me so I can create their custom sleep plan, and then we go from there with our consultation. And then you said you work with people for three weeks? Yeah, three weeks. For my program. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm sure that people will be uh, excited to get some better sleep <laughs> after this. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very helpful to know that there are resources, that you are a resource to be able to get there, like that it is achievable. It's something that can really happen, which I bet gives a lot of parents some major hope because it's 
so hard when you're sleep deprived. Thank you so much for being my guest and for giving us some tips and and talking us through this. I really, really appreciate you being here and sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was great. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories, and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart, experiences, and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to theweespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WE Spot blog. The We Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Moneras, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.